Hello, everyone, and welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people that help autistic teens and adults become more independent and successful. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Many autistic people are very talented writers, but why is that, and what can be learned from the writing experience? We tackle these important questions on today's episode with Chris Bonello of Autistic Not Weird. Chris is an award-winning writer and international speaker with Asperger's Syndrome. In 2015, he launched the website Autistic Not Weird to share his insights from both a personal and professional perspective. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, you created the wonderful website Autistic Not Weird. That, as of this year, I believe, has had over 2 million uh, page hits, which is quite an accomplishment. Now, I always enjoy learning about how the names of books, movies, or websites get their names. So, why did you decide to call your website Autistic Not Weird? I didn't know I was autistic until I was 24, got the diagnosis at age 25. But right up to then, I've always known that I was the weird kid. That was pretty much my identity at school, Chris, the weird kid. And uh, there are a lot of people who uh, say that, uh, well, yeah, it's good to be weird. It's dead center. Well, yeah, fair enough. They're right. But the way my weirdness was perceived back then wasn't really positive. And the website name, autistic, but weird in a good way, but not in a bad way like it was when I was in school. It doesn't quite have the same ring to it. So, yeah, after... Growing up uh, being seen as the weird kid, and then later finding out as an adult that well, actually it was a, it was autism all along. So yeah, having realised as an adult that this weirdness that people didn't particularly like as a child was actually autism all along, I was able to learn a lot more about what my personality actually was, and it was autistic, not weird. Now, before creating autistic, not weird. You were a primary school teacher, and now you're a special needs math tutor. Uh, Now, there are some truly amazing teachers out there, but sometimes there are teachers that do things that are not in the best interest of autistic students. What are some of the common mistakes you've seen teachers make that were not in the best interest of these students? I suppose the biggest one that I've seen personally is just... Just occasionally, you get uh, you get a staff member who sees the autistic students as just the autistic students. Uh, what, uh, what I mean is, uh, what that means is, looking at their actions and their personality as if like their personality is just an extension of their autism, and everything needs to be seen specifically through autism lenses. Kind of forgetting that we actually do get to make our own personality choices as well. Uh, for example, let's say you get a child who's getting annoyed in the middle of a lesson or not engaging. You might get a staff member who thinks, oh, he's not engaging because of his autism. Well, no, the uh, the child might not be engaging just because the lesson's crap. <laughs> or it just isn't something that interests them. Whereas, obviously, you do have to bear in mind that your students are autistic and the, the worst you can do is is treat them as if they're not at least a bit autistic or that uh, like the autism shouldn't even enter the equation. 
it is possible to go too far in the opposite direction and think that, ah, this is an autistic student, therefore I must see them for the autistic student they are, and forget the fact that, well, actually, we are allowed to have personalities as well. And sometimes we'll act in accordance with our personalities and not just our diagnoses. Now, you've done something that's very scary for so many people, and that's moving from primarily one to career to another. So how did you go about transitioning to a career in teaching to one where you are a writer? Uh, well, I'll try and shorten the story, because uh, it's a fairly long one. But uh, I ended up leaving primary school teaching when I, I came to realize that teaching isn't so much a job, it's more of a lifestyle choice. And I've basically fallen out of love with the lifestyle choice. And uh, as much as I cared about the people, as much as it was, it was great uh, spending the days around it, great staff teams and great kids. So I just didn't love the job anymore. So I decided uh, that, well, if you if you already know that you can't do this until retirement, logically the best you can do is start a new career now, not wait a couple of years and then lose a couple of years in whatever your new career turns out to be. So I left teaching pretty quickly after that. And well, funnily enough, a couple of years later, I ended up going back into teaching in, uh, in this with this special needs tuition that I do. At the time, I actually believed that I'd uh, never go into uh, to teaching at all ever again. But uh, yeah, like you said, the plan, as much as I had a plan, was well, maybe become a writer or something. It was it was this ridiculous idea I had at the time. Thing is, I grew up with a what I called a pie in the sky, unrealistic dream job, and also a realistic job. The pie in the sky, unrealistic dream job was to become a writer or an author. And the realistic job was to become a teacher. Turns out I uh, had to go at the realistic job and then decided I didn't want it anymore and ended up getting the dream job. But um, I try to remember how I actually made the writing thing work now. I, th I think it was largely be uh, because it started off when I came to realise that after I left teaching, I, I kind of missed the opportunity to build people up and actually help people. And uh, I realised that there's a lot of good that I am not doing by not discussing my autism. So I launched Autism Not, uh, not Weird, and I'll say straight away, I did not plan for it to get 108,000 Facebook followers, 2 million page hits, and people occasionally giving me an award or things like that. That was not the plan. I did, uh, it was largely something that I wanted to do in order to keep a part of my teaching personality alive and start helping other people, whether they're local to me or on the other side of the world. But it involved doing a bit of research in, uh, into blogging and writing down lots of things I spent lots of years thinking about, but not really have the chance or believe to have the chance to express in, in front of a, uh, a worldwide audience. It turns out that people actually did like what, uh, what I wrote, and then, then a friend of mine showed me this site called Patreon. Uh, <clears throat> Patreon is a website where I Artists, writers, musicians can get monthly support from their followers in exchange for various rewards like $5 a month gives you access to bonus content, $1 a month gives you access to a private support group and so on. And yeah, it just kind of grew from there and now I spend several days a week working from home and writing for the internet, which is quite incredible. Now in 2016, you created a book called What We Love Most About Life. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah. In which you asked 150 autistic children and teenagers what they love most about life. Uh, why did you decide to create such a, a book? 
largely because I don't think there are enough positive autism books out there. I mean, just about the first thing anyone learns about autism is that it's supposed to be a bad thing. And well, I personally disagree with that. Then again, I guess you could call me a bit biased. But the thing is, autism can feel bloody isolating if you are the only autistic person you know. Like uh, at the age of twenty-four, mm-hmm. uh, okay, I, I did know other autistic people, but I didn't realise I knew other autistic people because no one was talking about it. So I felt very much isolated and. Yeah, it is not good for your mental health when you feel that way. So I decided, as well as uh, the idea of this book being a shamelessly positive idea, it would also do a lot of good for uh, for autistic children who themselves believe themselves to be the only autistic child in the world. And amazingly, I have had people reading through this anthology of uh, what these autistic children love most about life and have got the reaction, wow, it's not just me. There are other real-life autistic young people around the world and from 20 different countries around the world. And, uh, actually, it's uh, And one thing I loved about, uh, about it as well is exactly how many of the children in that book became friends with each other through the book. Because I, I knew that they would love seeing themselves in a printed book, but I didn't realise how much they'd love each other's pages, and it was just really wonderful to see. Now, more recently, you've written a neurodiverse war novel called Underdogs. One really cool thing I think about this novel is that you can uh, read the first chapter of the book online for free. Uh, the first three chapters, actually, but yeah. For first three, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Can Can you tell uh, me and uh, our listeners what, what what this book is about? Okay, so it's a near future war novel where the whole of the British population's been imprisoned in these giant walled uh, citadels, and they're only. 12 people who are free in the abandoned countryside who have taken up arms and they're striking back against this this army of a million clone soldiers to try and free the, the rest of the British population. And eight out of those 12 people are teenagers who escaped an attack on their special school. So you've got autistic heroes, you've got dyslexic heroes, you've got heroes with ADHD or anxiety or Down syndrome. And they're, uh, they're the ones who are fighting to free the rest of society. And, yeah, they get to be the actual heroes rather than the people getting rescued or something like that. And one really important reason why I felt uh, why I felt underdogs was needed is because, yeah, there may be an increasing demand to have autistic characters or characters of disabilities, but it's, it's often done either based on stereotypes or just, oh, we've got an autistic character, we're doing diversity. So it's about time that, you know what, let's have a whole cast of neurodiverse people. And you know what? How about a whole cast of neurodiverse people with learning difficulties? Let's have an autistic character who isn't a savant and it uh, doesn't have multiple university degrees. Let's have some autistic people who are brilliantly capable when allowed to play to their own strengths, but academically do actually have learning difficulties. And it's, uh, it's gone rather well. It's sold... I don't know the exact num- uh, number of copies sold, but I do know that it's well over a thousand. And uh, the publisher said yes to the sequel before before the first one had even come out, which which was uh, quite an honour. And so they even said yes to an audiobook, which traditionally only happens to the uh, books that are really successful. That was one thing that genuinely did not see coming. So it's been a wonderful journey, really, and it's not even over. So- sounds like a, a, a great book, and... I, th- I, I think the characters are really really interesting and important because when people talk about neurodiverse, they're almost 
replacing the word autistic with neurodiverse and it it encompasses a lot more people than those uh, that have autism. That is a a good point, uh, point uh, Fred. We talk about neurodiversity. It's a very easy trap to fall into. I don't think anyone falls into it deliberately. But if, if most of the... If most of the campaigning you're doing is specifically about autism, it's very easy to forget about uh, neurodiverse people who are uh, dyslexic or have ADHD and so, and so on. So, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think... So, yeah, I think you're right. Whereas I don't think anyone deliberately only focuses on autism in terms of neurodiversity, it is something that we have a responsibility to not end up falling into the trap of. And... How can people go about purchasing either of your books? Well, depends which country they, uh, they live in. Generally speaking, Amazon is uh, is kind of the go-to place for the original book, but the American Amazon site is kind of on and off in terms of whether or not it has them in stock. So if you're struggling, you can go to thebookdepository.com or Barnes & Noble apparently have it as well if you're American. And if you're British, then, well, amazon.co.uk is fine with underdogs and there's also water stones and there's there's actually so many outlets selling it at the time i have to admit i can't actually remember them all. but then but google underdogs chris bonello and or in fact go to um chris bonello.com bonello spelled b-o-n-n-e-l-l-o and there's a page there which has all the up-to-date links uh, as to where you can uh, where you can find them if you want to pre-order the sequel, that's only available in one place right now, and that's on uh, the publisher's website. Basically, go on unbound.com and search for the Underdogs Tooth and Nail, and there's a sequel which is right in the middle of its pre-order stage right now. Now, you've been writing for a long time. In, the, doing, in doing research to interview you, I learned that you wrote in a journal for about 10 years prior to starting oh, your, your website. Yes. <laughs> So yeah. uh, you wrote an article about on your on autistic not weird about eleven painful diary quotes from your worst years in which you would encourage and I would encourage anyone to read because you talked about how you learned from each of these painful experiences. It was a tough article to write going through ten years, quite specifically of painful memories, in order to well share them with the internet but but not uh, not just share them in, in a oh woe is me type fashion but like i said actually with advice that people can take from well someone else's bad experiences how do you how do you think a diary would help some autistic people cope with the challenges of their everyday lives no it's curious when i first started uh, writing uh, writing this thing one of my motivations was just to make sure that I had a record of what happened on what day. So, uh, so if I was wondering what uh, what I did on July seventeenth, two thousand and five, I'd just be able to pick up the diary and look. But the the more I wrote in it, the more I realised that it was a way of self-expression. I mean, there was loads of stuff going through my head that I didn't really want to talk to anyone about, or di- I didn't even know how you would start a conversation about the, uh, those difficult things but having that uh, that diary there allowed me to just sit completely alone in a room with a laptop and just express myself to this word document 
And even though it didn't end up with other people giving me advice, it, it at least allowed me to get out what was in my head. So, yeah, it was kind of, um, I'm not sure if anxiety relief is taking it too, uh, too far, but it certainly helps me to put my thoughts in order. I've come across so many autistic people that are very talented writers. What is it about writing that draws you in or is so important to you? I can name a number of things, but one which I think is perhaps the most autism-specific is that autistic people in general are living in a world that has been built with everyone else in mind. Like Schools are built with the 99% of non-autistic students in mind. Uh, workplaces are designed with the 99% of the non-autistic workforce in mind. And if you, uh, well, particularly if you're going up on the autism spectrum and you and if, and if you're really feeling like you don't quite, uh, quite belong in the world that's been designed with everyone else in mind, or you don't feel like you have control over the bits of the world that, uh, that you're in, writing allows you to basically invent your own universe where you do get to control what happens in it, you do get to have things on your own terms. Because I think humans in general have a need of control, and I don't mean that in a manipulative, control freak type way, but people do want autonomy over the way they live their lives. They want to have control of the, th of the things that are in their immediate sphere of influence in order for them to be comfortable. If you're autistic, you obviously don't get, you often don't get that control. You often get other people making the decisions for you. You often find that the things you want are often the things you need just aren't supplied for you because people are too busy accommodating the other 99% of people. Up until you start writing a story and you get to decide what happens in that universe. You get to build your own ca uh, characters, you get to uh, develop a storyline and you get to decide what happens. And it's it's also just generally a lot of fun as well. I mean, after Underdogs got published, well, after it got accepted for publication, I was a little bit nervous that, okay, once this hobby becomes work, the fun element is going to just go from it but I'm very relieved to tell you that no that actually didn't happen it just it became a lot busier and the marketing side of it is obviously stressful but the actual creative writing side of it is just as much fun as it's always been I mean just before you called I was doing some work on the, the third installment of Underdogs and yeah I'm just having fun that's great well Chris I really appreciate your time uh, thanks so much for joining us today thanks for inviting me Thank you for listening to today's episode, and thank you so much to Chris for the conversation. Did you know that Autism Personal Coach saves autistic people from feeling alone and being isolated? So often, autistic teens and adults struggle with anxiety and, as a result, don't have success in their lives. Autism Personal Coach is a unique service in that we help our clients by working on meaningful individualized goals in the setting in which they'll be used so anxiety is greatly reduced, and as a result people can become much more independent and successful. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself to achieve your goals or dreams, it's very easy. All you have to do is email autismpersonalcoach at yahoo.com or call 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. A next episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with April Stevens, the founder of Autism from Another Spectrum. Talk to you then.
gym with someone we like talking to people Just like you.